Okay, can y'all hear me okay right now? Are you ready? Streaming live around the world, this is Paper Cuts with Brad and Jay. I'm the one you love. I'm Jay. Thanks so much for stopping by. Over there's Brad. The, it's his show. It's his show. That's why I'm the host, and we just love Jay. Now you know it's all natural. I mean, you know, nothing's rehearsed, right? No, absolutely nothing is rehearsed on this show. God, you just suck the life out of me. It just feels like <laughs> you've got you've got a lot grayer since we started this. I have. Honest. I know. I have. Tonight, welcome to the program, William Sterling. He's a spooky son of a bitch. We are live. Well, hello there. Happy Paper Cuts Day, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to our little shindig. Thanks for joining us. Uh, For those new to Paper Cuts, the Paper Cuts world, I'm Jay. That's Brad over there. We are the stars. No, I'm not. We're not stars. You're the rock star, Jay. Yeah. So what we do, we talk to people. They talk to us. And you, the listeners, you, you guys listen with excitement on the edge of your seat. You'll pay for the whole seat. But... You only need the edge. Oh, starting off great on this Friday. Okay. So this <laughs> evening, this evening, everyone, we have a uh, a uh, fellow podcaster for now. And a, since, wow, I'm, since I'm also published, <laughs> in, I could say a fellow writer. Since, okay. I'm, since I'm also published, Brad, um, I could say a fellow I'm technically a fellow published writer. now, too. I'm published. <laughs> Are you? I, I wrote stuff and they put it in Siren's Call. I'm published. Okay, but no, it's I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm, I mean, I have something that's in an actual book that's been released though. What I wasn't even talking about sirens. I wasn't even talking about sirens. I was talking about. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I got you. I have a little essay in someone's book to introduce another you. book. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so, I can say a fellow writer. Wow, down, this, Jay. Uh, <laughs> Jay. <laughs> uh, his new book uh, about small town murder puppets. What? Ooh, what? <laughs> Called uh, String Him Up. Released uh, next week with Crystal Lake Publishing. Everyone, welcome to the show, William Sterling. And the announcer dude said you're a spooky son of a bitch, so I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> <laughs> They're not wrong. <laughs> welcome to the show, William. How are things going tonight? It's good. It's good. I'm feeling a lot better now that I'm here. Long, long, monotonous work week. And well, that, that makes us really good. good <laughs> like, like we were something to look forward to. I say, I, you your, are. your expectations are low if you're looking forward to us. <laughs> Next question. Okay. <laughs> what, 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 what are you usually doing on? Still in the question, Jay. What are you usually doing on Friday night? Well, it's, better Friday, than, right? it's, better, it's, it's better than how did you, Never mind. Don't, Jay. Don't it's, do it. <laughs> wow, we're getting off pretty good on this one, guys. Yeah. Yeah. What do you What are you normally doing on a weekend? Um, watching us, of course. Yeah, yeah, no. I I try to jump in here as often as I can when the when the kids allow me to. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got two little monsters that are probably upstairs screaming at mom right now. So <laughs> <laughs> glad to glad to be hiding from that. <laughs> thanks, to all, thanks to all the moms out there. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it usually ends up uh, with a Braves game on or a horror movie on in the background. And Jay, they're, they're coming back right now. By the way, they're they're coming. They're still down four to two, I think. But yeah, it's the Marlins though. They don't have a they don't have a bullpen, so we'll we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> four to three. Speaking I'm sorry, Braves. four to three. Uh, Acuna just hit a sack fly, so it's four to three. Ooh. By the way, 
Sweet. Speaking of brains, are, we allowed, are we allowed to speak about two. that, or are we going to get demonetized <laughs> or something, you know? Uh, I don't think you'll get demonetized for that. But speaking of Braves, if you're a Braves fan, stay tuned. We'll we'll play some baseball stuff later, maybe. Or if you're not a Braves fan, stay Bye. tuned. Still. Stay tuned anyway. Gosh, <laughs> Brad, you lost half our audience. We went down from two I'm to sorry. one. <laughs> All right, so w- before we dive into your new book, I want to ask you about your uh, your trilogy, the Killer Be Killed trilogy. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, but it okay. sounds like just straight up like slasher fun. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that that's the entire point of it. Um, I kind of started it off while I was in like a like a writer crisis mode. Um, I had been self publishing for a bunch of years, wasn't really getting any traction with it. Was starting to not love it as much anymore um because uh, i i kept trying to force myself to like write to market and write to genre and write all these things that i wasn't excited about so uh i think killer be killed kind of started as my last gasp of let's just write something that i'm really want to do um so the premise is uh the first one was a reverse camp slasher novel so uh, that idea that anytime you're watching a camp slasher, like you, you usually end up cheering for the killer, right? You, right. you want yeah. Jason to come out of the woods and wreck people. The main, the main characters feel... are really annoying. So, right. <laughs> but also, you feel kind of bad cheering for a monster to go murder a bunch of people. So you're you're kind of reserved about that. So I just wanted right. to write a book where you were wholeheartedly encouraged to cheer for the thing from the woods coming in and just massacring this camp. Um, I had a ton of fun writing it and that was like the only goal, but it like re-sparked my enjoyment for everything. Um, I think it was kind of a launch point in to string them up because that was one of the books I'd written that I was kind of wrestling with a little bit and Mm -hmm. remembering to have fun with things like helped string them up, click, helped everything else clicked. It helped me find my voice, whatever (laughs) that means. (laughs) So is it, is it the same killer throughout the entire trilogy or is it different killers for each book? Um, yeah, a little bit. Stuff. So... I don't want to give anything away if it's anything. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, after I finished the first one, I realized I like there were still enough characters alive and I was having I was having enough fun in that universe that I just kind of pushed the core family into a second book and I I figured out what kind of an arc would make sense for um at least a couple of them <laughs> mm-hmm. to make it all the way into a book 3 and just kind of like keep I just keep driving it. Um, it's it's still fun for me, so I'm having I'm having a good time doing it. And it's just it is not anything highbrow. It is not anything like let's go try to win a Stoker. It's just like I want to kill some bodies in fun, unique ways and nice. enjoy. So, are, enjoy are we it. talking like creative creative kills like in Jason and stuff? Yeah, like over the top creative that stuff that yes makes me laugh in the movies. Like you know, I get a <laughs> kick out. The more creative, the better. You know. So yeah, I, okay. I, I went in with the goal of I do not want a single mundane kill. Like nobody just takes a machete through the neck. Like a, everything's gonna be an explosion of Bombastic nonsense. <laughs> so the, the, I've seen you. Uh, you've created like a, a mask for the series too. Like you were given yeah. masks. Out. So did you yeah, do those yourself? Got a whole wall of them still sitting over here. Um, yeah. The, so the. The, the inciting incident for the thing is that the uh, the counselors at the camp in Killer Be Killed 1 are members of this cult. And whenever when they go to do their ritual of sacrificing all the campers, and this is in like chapter two, so I'm not spoiling anything. 
when, when they go to kill all the campers, they, they don the wolf masks for anonymity. So um, I have a friend that uh, works in a place with a big industrial 3D printer and he was like, Ooh, cool. We just collaborated on it a little bit and he just knocked out 12, 13 of them. Yeah, Mike has one of those. Um, I, I think, I don't know. What did I send you? The white one? Uh, if the king of swag is giving you props for your swag, then you're right. <laughs> right. Right. That is the highest compliment I'm going to get. Yeah, I'm I'm buzzing right now. Cool. And, and, and Mike just said he's buying himself a 3D printer to, to one-up <laughs> you on that. <laughs> yeah. Do it. I, I will assist however I can. <laughs> yeah. Since he's got the black one that you said. Yeah, yeah, that's right. One of um, my has any 3D printers. We ought to just go ahead and <laughs> chip in on one. <laughs> that's super cool, though, to, to have something like tangible like that. <laughs> Other than, you know, bookmarks and stickers and all that stuff is cool, but like a physical mask that's yeah. part of your story is really cool to have that. Yeah, I, I, I was actually inspired a lot by. Michael, um, to, to try to do some sort of a promo thing for every book that had a unique thing. So this is a good segue for me to plug something. Hang on. So yeah, you've got the creepy dolls, don't you? So, uh, so with Kill or Be Killed, it was a cool mask giveaway kind of for the first one. And for this one, uh, Crystal Lake <laughs> gave me the okay to give away this possessed little nightmare of a doll here. Um, I, I need to do the full pitch, I guess. Um, if you pre-order yeah. string them up and email Crystal Lake a receipt, uh, like showing that you pre-ordered it, you get an entry to win Sally the doll. Um, and she is <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I don't like her at all. Somebody please win this thing and get it out of my house. Okay. What's you guys? <laughs> For for, for the, the for the for the kids for the kids tuning in right now they're crying okay they are just right. Like crying right now but <laughs> what's the backstory for Sally like did you make her for this or has she been around for like you dug her up out of the attic or something no um uh, actually maybe I don't really know so <laughs> the the long story story yeah <laughs> I'll try to keep it as short as possible. Um, the, so there was a horror festival in Athens, Georgia this May uh, called Athfest Mayhem. Um, effectively, there was an undergraduate student that her dream is to open a horror theme park. So she's in their entrepreneurship program for her final project. She needed to prove the validity of this thing by staging a Halloween thing in a not Halloween month, which makes sense. Uh, so in May, she had a big horror festival in Athens uh, and invited a bunch of just like spooky vendors to come and had spooky themed bands and all that stuff. So I went because, you know, I, I work at the University of Georgia. Go dogs. Um, I know I just Ooh. pissed off both of you. <laughs> no, I'm, a, I'm a UK fan, but it's SEC, so I'll let it slide. Okay, okay, thank you, thank you. Um, but I went to that thing, and one of the vendors was this like cursed doll creator. Um, so Crystal Lake had picked up String Them Up by then. I knew that I wanted to do some sort of a promo thing for it, so I got to talking to her, and um, she she offered to make Sally for me. Um, there's a couple of little little tie-ins to the book on here, but uh, we'll, okay. we'll leave that alone, maybe. But um, yeah, I do not know how she makes the dolls, but this thing is like 
it is really creepy. The flesh is burned. I don't know how she got that effect on a plastic thing. Um, The eye is full of, I think that's animal fur, and there's like a reptile skin around her eyeball. Oh, Oh, there is. Oh. It's really cool. That's pretty cool. I don't know how she did it. I couldn't make, actively... make out the texture to turn out. She got really close. I saw. Okay. That's yeah. Cool. I, I do not want to ask any questions about it, though. Like, whatever <laughs> she did to create this thing, I'm just going to leave it alone. Like, yep. Looks good. Great job. I'm freaked out thoroughly, though. <laughs> not yeah, that this has terrifying. anything to do with it, but the, I, I used to live in this little uh, town in southern Ohio when I was working in radio. I was moving around. And I forget what kind of dolls these are, but there's a doll factory in this little town. These are like popular dolls that they used to sell on like QVC and stuff like that, you know. And uh, Steven Soderbergh actually did a short, weird, independent movie at this doll factory. Like this was many years ago, like probably 14, 15 years ago. And in the back, there was this dumpster full of doll heads. That was the coolest thing I ever saw. I was like, that's pretty cool. Did you grab any? No, this was like oh, you needed to load up ages ago. I mean, this I mean, they it was blocked off. It was it was there was no way I could get to it because they it was like a mini movie set. Okay. So, yeah, you found the mother load and you walked away. Well, no, no. I, I, I could get to it. I mean, <laughs> Steven Soderbergh's there, like directing. This was all no name people in this movie, right? And there's because they wanted to do it like in a small town. I saw these doll heads. I was like, man, and then it was totally blocked off, gated out, and stuff. You couldn't get to it, so. That's when you sneak in, Jay. Yeah. When no one's, when they're least expecting it. That had nothing to do with what he was talking about. It was just the dolls reminded me. <laughs> Sorry. Ronaldo's in the chat saying, What's up? Ronaldo. My friend. Hey. <laughs> dumpster Jay ever saw. Best up yet. What the. With the with the killer be kill books, are they all out now, or is the third one still yet to come? No, uh, the third one is outlined, and I'm trying to get through the last like push of promo for this, and then it's next on my radar. But I've got I've got the first one out, and then the second one moves away from the camp slashers and goes more into like a reverse home invasion. Score um, update four four now, by the way. Yes, go brave. Um, and then the third one, I'm I'm gonna play close to the chest because I don't want to like quite reveal where it's going yet. But okay. it's another like anti slasher or turnaround slasher. How far do you think you're gonna go with them? Or is this gonna be like any time you feel like you need to revamp yourself, you're just gonna do one? Or is there like I an think, end in sight? Uh, I've got an arc that I want to end on the third one. Okay. Um, so as far as like the primary trilogy, like it's going to be contained. I also said that about the first one though. Like, yeah, no, this is just a solo book. I'm not going to go anywhere. And then I just kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it. And like, I, I developed a story that I wanted to keep telling out of it. So yeah. I, I guess if that happens again, I'm not going to close the door. So never but, say never. Right. You know. It's not the plan, at least. Yeah. Uh, the the plan is to end it at three because I think I think I've got a way to like put a nice little bow on everything for me. Yeah. So are you a are you a big fan of slashers or was it just more so that you felt like a slasher was just something kind of easier to write to sort of get your juices flowing and everything? I'm one of those people that kind of I can dive into any horror subgenre at any point, just kind of depending on the mood. Like I can 
I can do a good A24 film if it's if it's a like, let's think about something kind of a night or I can do a mindless slasher if it's been a long week at work and I just want to turn brain off for a while. Go smooth brain. <laughs> um, like what? You know. Um, so, yeah, I sorry to answer your question. I love slashers. They're amazing. I don't feel like it's my niche or anything like that. But I, yeah, a lot of love. Are there any specific ones that inspired the the Killer Be Kill trilogy, like Scream or you know the '80s Jason and Michael and all that stuff? Or yeah, um, the the first Killer Be Killed is very much a Friday the Thirteenth um, kind of sleepaway camp, kind of a homage. Sleepaway camps, what it sounds like. So. Yeah. yeah, and then. Um, the second one gets a lot more into like your next and the home invasion kind of stuff. Um, uh, the, the wolf mask <laughs> made me think of your next, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that so it kind of moves into the newer era of slap, right? Yeah, okay, right. So then, uh, the, the last one, I've got a couple of kind of newer movies that I'm looking at for inspiration, and again, in the slasher vein, but like kind of maybe the next generation of them. Yeah. Uh, if we went 80 slashers with the first one and maybe 90s, 2000 slashers with the middle one, we'll we'll look into the 2020s for the third one. That's cool. That you're kinda, it's still slasher. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there is. You scream. The new scream just came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. OK, that's cool that you're sticking with slasher, but each one you're nuancing it where it's different each time. It's not just the same. You know, they're going to a camp or whatever each time. That's, yeah, oh, well, that's cool. You're switching it up, but still, I, still making it slasher centric. Yeah, I'm overselling it a little bit here. Like the, this sounds very like intentional. Like Did you say slasher centric. Slasher centric. <laughs> yeah, Jay, I'm coining, I'm coining that right now. And we're having a slash tastic time. Slash tastics. We're here. All we'll, we'll send it to Stephen Graham Jones. Tell him slash centric is a new thing slash that he needs to <laughs> incorporate. So let's get into your new one here. Your uh, string them up. Let's do like publishing. What what's the what's the background? What's the concept of this one? What are we going? What are we finding out here with this book? This new one here. Yeah. Um, so string them up is about this detective that gets uh, his life kind of upended uh, back in the big city where he's been working <laughs> for a long time and like been stuck in the corruption and all of that usual jazz. Um, he tries to get away from it and goes and accepts a job with a former coworker of his that is now the sheriff in this very small town. It's kind of pitched to Sinclair, our main character, as this just come out here, reset, nothing ever happens out here, and you can just vibe for a little bit uh, sort of a thing. But then as Sinclair gets out here, he realizes that things are terribly wrong in this town actually it's not just the quiet sleepy retreat that he was promised but stuff's going on around here uh and all of the the things kind of happening in the corners uh bring him face to face with the deranged toy maker that lives on the <laughs> outskirts of town and as soon as they bump into each other just everything blows up Mm -hmm. um and we go we go full chucky meets devil's creek by todd keesling and just okay. <laughs> light everything on fire and let's go <laughs> now now i'm imagining chucky in devil's creek that's that's like a mash like a song mashup 
Chucky would have had so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was making me think of uh, Slappy from Goosebumps is what the vibe yeah. was. Yeah. Was, yeah. Was yeah you, more, you mentioned way, that earlier. Adult, but Slappy, yeah. I saw you mention that on, 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 on uh, Twitter, and I was just mm-hmm. thinking, yes, but I don't think my 10-year-old is going to read this one, though. No. <laughs> yeah, no. This, this, not, this is not the kid's version. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. We've got a hard R rating on this yeah. one. <laughs> Did you get any kind of inspiration from Goosebumps or is this Brad just out of his noggin with that? Yeah. So uh, I I think I said this earlier, but uh, this one started as my like, let's be very serious with this and try to write my serious horror novel. So the first time through, I didn't draw a lot of inspiration from other stuff, which I think was the problem with some of those earlier drafts. Yeah. Um, I just tried to play it all very, very um i don't know highbrow elevated horror like going for that sort of an energy and it wasn't working so i tabled it for a long time and got into like this new puppet wave that's showing up suddenly out of nowhere like the megan movie came out while i had this thing on the back burner and uh grady hendrick started talking about how to sell a haunted house while this thing was on the back burner and just like all these other books Uh, and things that are very puppet centric. Chucky got a new TV series and just Mm -hmm. watching those again and remembering just how much fun all of them have with this sort of a subject matter made me go back and revisit it and kind of give it the killer be killed treatment of like, I have this fairly bland story that I tried to be too uh, with. I, I just need to cut loose and enjoy myself. Yeah. So I, I went back and I infused some Chucky into it and I infused some uh, dead silence into it uh, and just that anything sucks. else I, I love that come movie. up with. Yes, I'm, right. I'm glad you keep saying to enjoy yourself and to make it fun because I, I get the sense sometimes when we're talking to some writers that it was excruciating at times. <laughs> and, and not everybody. Point, point no, right, right. I mean, you just sometimes get that. And when you're having, when the writer's having fun, and making it fun and enjoying yourself. I think that comes across a little bit more to the reader too, because there are times you're like, where the hell did that come from? And, and yeah. you'll get a little giggle out of it, you know? And I think you could sometimes tell when the writers just have a, a good time and enjoying themselves doing it. So I'm glad you keep saying that because yeah. I mean, that's the way I'm, I'm trying to make my stuff, just make it not totally off the wall bonkers all the time, but you know, stay loose and it doesn't have to be super, congested and tight all the time so i'm glad you're saying you're having some fun and enjoying yourself yeah. doing that so yeah i'm curious were the dolls and everything were they in the highbrow version of it because i i just can't put those two together like dolls and highbrow <laughs> like really highbrow a24 movie I'm, I'm thinking like, dolls at a clash. fancy restaurant doing drinking yeah. some champagne or something you know <laughs> like was was the doll just like completely like whole different thing once you went back to it or was that like the original thought process for it yeah um so what you're saying right now is part of why those original versions didn't work (laughs) Um, so i was trying to um fit a square peg into a round hole right okay um i i had this concept that should have been a lot of fun should have just been like weird and wacky and kind of creative and um, instead of actually leaning into the puppet aspect of it, I was trying to lean into there's this whole subplot where um, trying to figure out how to say this without spoiling 
everything in the book. Um, <laughs> just give it so, all away. Just you, but... Sinclair, uh, the main character, has this traumatic experience that he's trying to recover from, and he's doing it in the wrong way. Um, mm -hmm. And the main antagonist in the book uh, is Gregory, and he also has this very traumatic experience from his past that he's trying to grapple with, and he's dealing with it in the wrong way. And the two of them kind of have these parallel trajectories that Sinclair at a certain point in the book that I'll not mention by name uh, <laughs> at a certain point kind of has to recognize that for himself and actively change his own path. So the yeah. first time I wrote it, that was the forefront of the entire book, just trying to play up that interpersonal drama, trying to sideline anything that actually might have made the book interesting. <laughs> um, it was just all about those two warring perspectives on things. So the rewrites and making it fun was not killing that subplot, but making mm -hmm. it making it supplemental instead of the main selling points. Right. Um, and as soon as I went back with that, it, it started clicking again. It, it was fun again. And the puppets were at the forefront and the puppets were running around doing puppety things. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you think if you would have kept it the way it was originally, like starting off, you, you may have maybe painted yourself into your corner a few times and got stuck and, Yes. And then making it more loose and fun and enjoying yourself. You, you maybe found a few ways to get out of certain situations. Okay. 100%. I had at least three different uh, and somehow Palpatine returned moments yeah. in the first draft. <laughs> um, and then going back and rewriting it with the puppets, it was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense that this thing would be doing this thing at this point. And this is why everybody's screaming and running in circles yeah. because of this. And um, there, God, this is going to make no sense without any context, but there are peacocks <laughs> running around like, this town. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love the peacocks. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, super traumatic story from my background there, but basically <laughs> small town, rural peacocks got worked into this thing when I decided to just fuck it, have fun with it. Um, and they like became this like core element of the story for me once they were in there um and helped everything helped everything else just kind of sing and play up a little bit were they killer peacocks i haven't gotten that far I'm I i've got I've, i'm only like you, first quarter of it still, you'll have to but. you'll have to read it and find out jay okay. killer peacocks say, there, there's a cool scene with a doll on the back on a peacock's back which <laughs> i just thought was absolutely hilarious in the best of ways yes thank you <laughs> Yeah. So, oh, I was gonna—I can't remember what I was gonna say now. But the um, I, I, the parallel between Sinclair and Gregory, I actually really like that a lot because I didn't really realize it at first, but once you sort of unveiled it, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. That's really cool. And to do another Star Wars reference is kind of like Luke and Vader. Like he chose—he <laughs> yes. chose to throw the lightsaber away and not go to the dark side, which I really like. Dude, you're only allowed two Star Wars <laughs> references that's, that's, per hey, season. He did one out of. A per season, per season. season. <laughs> yes, not was, per was, show, was, per season. So you use was, those. Uh, was Umble this season? I can't remember because we talked about I, this. I don't, with him. I, I don't even know what episode this is, buddy. So Our seasons is. are like the most loose thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I didn't really like the parallels and him choosing not to follow in the footsteps of Gregory with whatever yeah. you know would have happened there. I, I like that a lot. That was a good. I didn't even feel, feel like it was a subplot. It was just great character growth and progression. I think. 
so I, I'm thinking the real question is <laughs> what happened to you in your past to make you write this? <laughs> what's the, what's the okay, traumatic what, 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 what happened to make you have all these weird spooky ass <laughs> dolls and to write the oh, story, okay? Something. Right. Okay, if you don't want to tell the story, here, obviously okay? you don't have to. No, 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 no. no. We're gonna get real this Friday night. We're gonna get You're gonna emotional, make it. okay? What happened? <laughs> got I've got my emotional support, Sally here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> start, stroking, start stroking it. <laughs> no, for real. If you right, don't want to so tell the back story, you you don't have to. If no, we're we're good. Bothering. We're good. Okay. Um, this is two separate stories, though. So, what do we want to start with? The dolls or the peacocks? I don't. I don't know, but you might want to tell your wife not to watch. <laughs> Put let's, the kids let's, to do, <laughs> let's do the dolls first because they're like the core of the book almost. Let's talk about okay. the dolls. Okay. So, I I think the dolls came from. Um, I've got an aunt and an uncle that live in downtown Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, they live in one of those houses that's like genuinely from the 1800s or the early 1900s. It has been nice. in the middle of that city forever. Um, and I don't think they've renovated it since then either. Oh, wow. <laughs> so every time we go over there to visit, um, they're the my words. My brother and I would be relegated to sleep in the attic because they only had so many bedrooms. So we go up into the attic and the attic is this unfinished attic. Um, they've laid down a bunch of plywood boards to make a quote unquote floor across the <laughs> thing. But there's still these gaps between the boards that they're like, all right, when you wake up in the middle of the night, just don't step it. Don't don't step through the <laughs> hole. Um, the, the single light bulb hanging from a swinging rope in the ceiling like all the spooky vibes you can come up with um and there's just this bed sitting in the corner <laughs> um so my brother and i would get taken up there and just like yeah sleep in the bed it'll be fine um, and the, they're also all like big drinking buddies so like my my wholly inebriated parents are just bringing the three and five year old upstairs and being like yeah you're fine <laughs> deal with it um but my aunt is also a collector of antique dolls. So she keeps them in the attic because uncle doesn't want them like all around the house. Right. So there's just this <laughs> wall of pseudo lifelike things staring across the room at us in the middle of the night. <laughs> the and eyes are probably glowing out. a little bit, aren't they? Yup. <laughs> yeah, of course. Cause there's, there's the window with like right. the moon shining through it. And of course those freaking eyes keep catching the light a little bit. Um, <laughs> It's just, it was nightmare fuel. <laughs> um, we got put to bed. I, I'm fairly certain those were the only nights as we were growing up that we did not go pest our parents in the night. Like, mommy, I'm thirsty. Mommy, I need to go to the bathroom. Like, we just stayed in that bed. We were not <laughs> moving. Do not get up. up. So, um, so, yeah, I guess when I was thinking about writing String Them Up, I had this idea that I wanted the people grappling with grief and I, I wanted that crossroads like I was talking about. And I think the puppets kind of came about because I was trying to think of some horror elements to match with that storyline of people mm -hmm. projecting their emotions and projecting their like, issues onto another sort of a creature or another sort of a being. And puppets are just kind of a natural thing to do that with and dolls. Like whenever kids are playing with dolls, they're projecting their own thoughts and feelings onto that. And they're this usually good 
conduit for (laughs) getting some insight into what's going on in their head. So trying to merge those two, I think was my initial response. And then it was like, yeah, and I know puppets can be creepy because Birmingham. Because they are. (laughs) Right. I like what did, was there ever any like weird supernatural stuff you experienced there or just, just the creepy dolls by themselves? No, it was just the creepy dolls by themselves. Fortunately, um, none of them ever moved or like woke up in the bed with us. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> fits in the middle of you and your brother just completely freak out. And I'm so mad at myself because I was the older brother and I was supposed to be the one going and getting the ball, getting the doll and like screwing with my little brother with stuff like that. And I just, where, where did the old, where did the like the old porcelain Victorian kind of dolls? Or mm-hmm. okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, those are just freaky to begin with. I don't know. The faces are uh, kind of distorted and weird with those. Hang on, I've got pictures. I can throw them in the chat if I can get my mouse to work. You need the, uh, and I can talk while I'm looking for them. The, the, <laughs> I don't episode of uh, Seinfeld when uh, the George Costanza mom mom doll oh yes looks just like- <laughs> doll looks just like her, his mom that was freaky right there when uh when sinclair oh, and johnny the sheriff drove up to the rochester house for the first time in the tree it's got all the dolls hanging i don't know if you've ever seen there's an episode of ghost adventures and i think it's called doll island they go to this island and everything is covered in dolls there's like a house in the middle and all the trees outside are just covered in dolls everywhere that's what it reminded me of i don't know if you watch ghost adventures or anything but no i missed that one you should check out that i think it's called doll island and everything there and one of the ghost guys is terrified of dolls anyway which just makes it even funnier (laughs) and one of them starts talking in the middle of the night like it's batteries are uh are going off or whatever but it was it's pretty cool i've been learning that a lot of people have these deep-seated fears of dolls and like i get it oh i just you, didn't realize brad, that was you got you, you get that picture brad and put that in there. <laughs> Let's see are you able that. to are you able to grab that yeah let me try to share it real quick so everyone can see share. yeah so these are uh i emailed my aunt here, about I, can, a I, I got it up here I, I could probably get it real quick yeah, I, I emailed her about a month ago asking if the wall of dolls was still there. And the, these are the pictures she sent me back. There's only like 10 of them left, which makes me wonder where the rest went. Where did, where did they Because <laughs> she wouldn't have sold them. They're hiding now. Um, waiting. They're just waiting in, in, yeah. in the wings, waiting to do something. Yeah, that was one of them. I think that one was hanging like a little bit closer to the bed. Um, yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> Not not good memories. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible memories. <laughs> yeah, I would not like sleeping with all those staring at me. That would be not fun whatsoever. And like, Mike Clark, oh no, hell, oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing overtly sinister about them, right? Like, there's no, nothing no, about I mean, that that's like dripping it, blood or it's the stare. It's something about just yeah. the, <laughs> the stare. It never blinks. And I can oh. imagine, like you said, it's like the chain light, and it it swings and it catches their eyes. It mm-hmm. looks like their eyes are moving at you too. And all the shadows move around behind them a little bit too, and dance. And it's just yeah. not no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. So I mean, a, a good uh, publicity thing for the book is to um, maybe send a, a doll with each book. Tell Crystal Lake to get on on board with that. I've got. I, I'm so mad at Robert Atone because he did that 
for uh, the bio things we created. <laughs> He's got the little babies. Like, damn it, that's perfect. I should have stolen that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a stare, right? I mean, it's oh man, it's, it's a creepy like, stare. So yeah, cold going right through you. Yeah, it's like you move around. Looks like they're following you, like those paintings do sometimes. <laughs> yeah, really. Yes. Uh, Ronald's got a question for you. Aside from making your writing fun, have you ever used your work to vent? Like someone pissed you off at work or something and you just went home and wrote something really gory. (laughs) Um, Have you killed your coworkers in your fiction? Maybe you don't want to answer that question. uh, Okay, so sort sort of two answers, and I'm going to get in so much trouble for the first half of this answer. (laughs) Um... Killer be killed. Um, the the first one with the camp counselors. The camp counselors are these like corrupt, uh, heinous like teenagers slash early twenties people. Um, and I was trying to make sure their voices came across right, and the little clicks within the cults group came across right, and everything else. And uh, I was a I was a high school teacher for about eight years, so. I'm not going to say that any of the cultists were inspired directly by students that I had, (laughs) but there are phrases that they say to each other that were pulled straight from conversations. Like, yep, I can use that. (laughs) Um, And there are just like mannerisms that are pulled from there and um, killing them. uh, The the cultists in the book that is um, was, was a decent outlet. Once I had like click groups surrounding certain characters and it was like okay i i'm yep i'm, I'm going for the frat bro, frat bros on this one but sorry <laughs> frat bros but you you get thrown across the lake um uh and then i've got another novella and i don't think i can talk about too much yet it's on submission right now um but it is the most brutal thing i've written um by far I don't feel good about some of the kills I put in there, (laughs) (laughs) but it was, uh, the, the inspiration for it came while I was in a job change. Um, I tried to switch what high school I was working at. I ended up in a really toxic spot, um, that basically muscled me out of the career that I had put everything into career wise up to that point. Um, Mm -hmm. And just like very angry about that and not a lot of direction in my life. So I just went full brutal and just murdered the crap out of some characters. Yeah, so, so we're, we're starting to unravel something, <laughs> some scary stuff here. So we probably need to scout facts. Yeah, no. And now, now things are okay. I, I've pivoted. Everything's like, like, good. Me, and I'm me, looking back at this hurts. book like, <laughs> show, show yeah. me where it hurts. Show us <laughs> one of those dolls you have. <laughs> where right in, the, right in the heart in the heart area <laughs> yeah. but yeah but yeah so it, so the short answer is yes and i've done it in kind of different ways like some of them were a little bit more pointed um towards like certain collections of people um and that's not like super personal but um uh and then another one was just like a mad at the world sort of uh I, i'm just gonna burn burn some bodies here <laughs> i feel like a lot of authors probably do that too not necessarily that they're you know imagining specific people but just in general their life and yeah. you know putting that into their work like that yeah 
or uh, co-hosts on shows. Co-hosts on shows. If you want to kill me off in a story, that'd be great. You can well, you actually, my real you, name. I, I, I think I'm working on one. You, you do get killed off. So, yeah. That's cool. And then yeah. do you take over? <laughs> no, I, no, but now that you said that, because I was struggling for a collection I'm working on with somebody else. I was struggling for another <laughs> idea. But, yeah, I never thought of the whole, uh, okay, I just thought of, okay. Killing we'll move on. I'm not going to share it now. So. So do you want to do you want to tell your uh, your terrifying peacock story? Oh God, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. All right. So I is he sweating? Well, he's no. Sweating. My my reaction here is I tried telling this story on uh, Jeff Carter's Wee Bob podcast a couple of months ago. I don't think I did it justice. So I'm going to try to do better this time. Is my big hang up and hesitation? Um, I, I want to get the story right. So. I, when I was in high school and in college, I was a cross country runner, one of those distance guys. Um, and if you've, if you've never been involved in the distance running scene or like know what it's about effectively, I was what too, believe it or not, like a hundred pounds ago, I was, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm right. not kidding. I'm, I was, but yeah, hundred pounds oldest ago. Is doing, my oldest is doing cross country now. He's had his first couple of meets last month or so. Yeah. Nice. Um, uh, side conversation. How's it going? <laughs> He shaved. So I can't remember what the exact time was, but he ran a mile and whatever last time, and in like fifteen-ish minutes. And today he ran, and he cut a he cut a full minute off his time, so that's pretty good. Nice. That's that's the love. Just yeah. dropping it a little bit. Well, Beat yourself. It's, it's what three three point one miles for high school, right? It goes up for college. I don't remember. He's what. a he's only seven, so it's elementary school. So yeah, I was yeah. horrible. I don't know about you guys. I was horrible. <laughs> Like there's one race, totally we got totally off subject, but there's one race where me and another guy from my school, we knew we were dead last. It was like probably 25 schools because it was inner city Columbus, you know. So we were like, we're we're out of it. We're just dogging, cracking jokes, and like, come on, let's go, because you know it counts for the team. Your time counts for the team, and we're like, yeah. and we're actually in the yearbook, uh, going the us last two are coming in. And I was like, I'm not being last. I just sped up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and then a, a picture to your book. My hair is long. It's flowing in the wind. I was like, Oh, you have long hair? I can't, <laughs> I can't even picture that. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what the question is. I'm not here, by the way. <laughs> well, one more, one more cross country thing real quick. Uh, not this race, <laughs> I don't, the last I don't race. know what the original question was now. <laughs> my son was right. And my wife was like, well, you know what? How'd you do? What took you so long? And he was like, yeah, I just stopped and was picking up some walnuts for a while. I was like, what are you doing? He's just so distracted. <laughs> he had them like all in his pocket with these, you know, those short shorts. So he's got all these walnuts in his pocket. <laughs> no, you, you can't stop and pick up walnuts, man. You gotta, you gotta run, man. <laughs> There's nowhere to hide walnuts in those shorts. What was he doing? No. <laughs> but he likes bugs and he'll get rocks and sticks, just pile them over the porch. So he just had these, all these walnuts when he got down. I was like, Oh, whatever, man. <laughs> as long as you're having fun, I guess that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. What was the original yeah, question? I'll, I'll, I'll shut up. It was peacocks. Okay. Peacocks, peacocks to running to murder puppets to we're, we're <laughs> six, everywhere. Six degrees. How do we get here? <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. Hey, more runners. Um, <laughs> But anyhow, um, for anybody that doesn't know, like basically what a cross country practice is, is you put on these stupid short shorts and nothing else. Uh, the coaches <laughs> point in a direction and you disappear for an hour and you, you show back up. And in theory, you've run your mileage for the day. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I went to 
I went to college in Rome, Georgia, uh, which is just middle of nowhere. Uh, I'll leave the political context out of this, but it's where Marjorie Taylor Greene is from. Oh, um, there you go. Um, so I, I went to college there. Um, so cross-country practice in college was our coach pointing us in a direction and us being gone for about three hours. Right. So we got to explore <laughs> every nook and cranny of this place. Um, but we, we took off on the trail one day and we were bored of the usual places we won't, we went. So we made a game out of just picking random roads and running down them. So we're, we're going down these random roads for about 30 minutes. And one of the guys on the team notices this little deer trail going off into the middle of the woods. So we take off into that and we've got these, I'm going to say it was seven of us, uh, college aged dudes, we're cross country runners. So we're not like big strapping guys or anything. Like we're, we're little Jack Skellingtons out here, uh, <laughs> dressed in nothing but short shorts going through the woods. And we just hear this fucking velociraptor noise <laughs> from somewhere around us. Um, and it's terrifying because none of us knew what this thing was. Um, it, it That is not a noise. It's like if you almost step on a rattlesnake in the trail and you, you hear the little tail going. Like, it's not that loud, but some primal part of you knows that you're screwed. <laughs> um, so we, we hear the velociraptor noise. And we're, we all kind of like huddle up a little bit like, okay, maybe we should turn around. And we come out into this clearing and I don't know why to this day, I don't get rural people and their exotic animal <laughs> fixations, but we come out into this field and there are at least 20 peacocks surrounding this one house. They are on the roof. They are in the woods. They are everywhere. And when peacocks freak out, they tuck all of their feathers against their bodies and look like velociraptors because they're not all big and colorful and splayed out like they do. They go like streamlined on you. Um, and they all start screaming and just sprinting in random directions. So it's me and these seven college guys don't know where we are. Nothing to defend ourselves with except some short shorts screaming for our lives being swarmed by these peacocks and they're like diving off the roofs and running alongside us and just like <laughs> trying to find something that looks like civilization um so we we ended up we were somehow like 11 miles away from campus and some some advisor from the college was driving around on this back road and picked us up and drove us back um, but that's been just like in the back of my that's mind. That's kind of weird in that. itself. What's he going back? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like I just out of nowhere, here's this professor that that we know that's going to help us out, save the Whoa. day. What a coincidence! He just showed up. Yeah. Wait, Russell ran at Barry too. Cool. Go Vikings, right, John? Um, <laughs> that's awesome. That's so weird. Um, I went to Barry, so yeah. Um, cool. That's very small world. Russell, send me a message after this. We need to talk. Um, but yeah, that's that's just been in the back of my mind ever since then. Like this was an objectively terrifying moment that anybody on the outside would have laughed their asses off at. And I can work this into a story somewhere. And I've just been looking for the right place to do mm -hmm. that. So then, yeah, with String Them Up, as soon as I decided to just have fun with it, it was kind of a natural thing. Like, let's include this element because they're out in the middle of nowhere, rural Georgia again. Um, 
I think there's a couple of plop pieces that this could help out with. And then it turned out that there were a bunch of plop pieces that I could help with having these demon birds running around along with the murder puppets. <laughs> I've never heard a peacock make noise before. So that's, do they like, like the spitting noise, like they do in Jurassic Park, like the Raptors do, or oh, just like that shrill, like... I'm going to, I'm going to pull this up on YouTube. I don't know if we can get a <laughs> YouTube audio pump through. I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to try because okay. I can't, I can't copy the sound. <laughs> this would be, this would also, be the second show in a row where we have animal sounds, by the way. Animal sounds. Yeah, like, about that. She did the kookaburra last time and it was yeah. like dead on too. <laughs> Peacock call. And I also didn't know they could fly until we were at the zoo and there was one on the roof and I was like, how did it escape and get on the roof? But I guess they right. can't fly like, you know, off in the distance like normal bird, but high enough. I have to get Down up somewhere. Up a peacock. That's not an angry noise, though. Where's an angry noise? <laughs> you know, angry peacock specifically. <laughs> I don't know. They're they're just like the video I found. They're just like gasping and. Here, I, I, I got I got one. I got one. Yeah. Here. Okay. Okay. An angry <laughs> let, let me, Brad. I'm putting this one in the. If you can. Uh, see. Grab that link there and show it. I just put it in a private chat. <laughs> hey, you, you know what bird doesn't fly? A turkey. Okay, side side note. <laughs> I don't know how, what made me think of that. So, penguins. Yeah. Let's see. Share. And also, I understand this is a horror podcast, and I'm making you listen to <laughs> peacock sounds. <laughs> we got here. <laughs> I don't know if the audio will come through. Can share tab audio? Okay. Yeah, you got to do the audio too. There, that one, that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I swear, when you're in the middle of the woods and with no idea where you are, that is so much scarier. I'm sure it is, because you're not expecting that. And if there's like 20 of them doing that. I'm sure it's way up. <laughs> uh, adrenaline. Woo. Turkey's fly, Jay. <laughs> Not according to WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> so basically, this this book, William, is just all your traumas. You just shove them yeah. into one book. <laughs> That's what we all write about, right? Basically, this book's going to be held against you in a court of law when your wife reads it <laughs> and, and decides to get out. <laughs> Mike, back me up here. We all write about our own personal trauma, like ghosts in barns, right? Yeah, all that having a mic. You've been chased by Mildred personally, right? This isn't just me. I mean, the, the, the book, I, I haven't got, I'm, I'm maybe, like, I know Brad finished it. I'm probably close to a quarter of the way. It's been a rough week at work and all, but it just it looks fun. The cover yeah. makes it look fun. Where did the cover, did you have anything to do with the cover? Do you know who made the cover? Yeah. Um, so the cover was this little doodle that I made. I I don't want to call myself an artist or anything because that is way <laughs> overselling it. But like I've done little stick figure doodles since I was in high school. And it's just kind of a way for me to process things in my head sometimes. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so while I was trying to come up with draft one of this story, I was just sitting around doodling and I, I came up with the, the doodle of the, the guy strung up by his innards kind of in a, in, in puppet pose. And, uh, yeah, there he is. Um, so I had a little doodle of that sitting above my desk the whole time I was writing it and the whole time I was revising it. And when Crystal Lake started talking to me seriously about like when we were putting this out and what we wanted to do with it and everything, uh, they asked me if I had any ideas for the cover and they were talking to me about maybe changing the title and trying to come up with something else. Uh, but I showed them the, functionally that doodle. Um, and it, I think it made it all click together. Like, okay, the title string them up. They're talking about stringing up these bodies and it also, it gets the puppet element in there too. So um, they, they brought in one of their cover artists. They made my chicken scratch actually look like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, and yeah. There's, there, there's good old Bellman. I was going to say, I wouldn't go spoil it, but that's a scene from the book. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, there's our midpoint turn of, uh, oh crap, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool that like your initial kernel of an idea for a cover transpired to be the real one at the end. That's cool. Yeah. I'm really lucky. I know that is not the case with a lot of publishers. They kind of pick it up and do whatever they want with stories sometimes and like really lean into whatever they think is marketable. But Crystal Lake has been awesome this whole time of getting my input on things and really working with me to make sure I was happy with the product we were putting out. And I'm that especially for a first publisher to work with, like that was, mm -hmm. I'm so fortunate. So how did that come to be? Did you just, hound them until they suggest i mean did you keep sending it and calling <laughs> um i'm joking i'm sure, sure they, they, I'm read sure it they had like... an open call didn't they <laughs> yeah no they they were an open call that i sent in one of the earlier drafts to actually um what when i thought the story wasn't very good um and i kind of sent the submission off and forgot about it and then they came back to me i don't think they called it uh uh revise and resubmit but that's kind of functionally what it was there, there were a couple of points to the story that they wanted uh a little bit more oomph to um and at that point because i'd forgotten i had submitted it to them um, <laughs> i had a revised copy that had a little more oomph in those parts so i was like perfect i can do this here you go haha -ha. um and then with that that second kind of wave was the one that had the puppets like really at the forefront and had more interesting fun kills and had the peacocks and um <laughs> i think it, it, obviously i wasn't there while they were reading it but i i think letting myself shine through a little bit more than i did in the first draft might have been the thing that landed it for me by the way, we're, we're gonna start a little hashtag peacock horror so we're just gonna start <laughs> it and just hey i really like the peacocks I mean, of this they were fun <laughs> We ought to get it started. So, <laughs> once at the end, it's like a phoenix peacock. It's dope. <laughs> yes, I. That was not planned. That <laughs> was uh, just um, pe people talk about getting in these like writing kind of mindsets and the story just flows through my fingertips and that's crap like i never <laughs> never experienced that except yeah. for this one scene um where i got to it and i was just like they, they're kind of in the climax all these things are happening i need one more element god i gotta bring the peacocks back Brrr, and it, <laughs> it was just there and I was like, yes uh 
I am so happy with whatever weird ass part of my brain churned that thing out. (laughs) (laughs) With the ending, I'm not going to say what happens at the end, but what happens at the end, Brad? (laughs) On on page 178, but like it just completely escalates and just goes like Butler did it. Go ahead. At the end, the Butler did it with the candlestick in with the peacock. What the rooms are called in the clue. That's one way it might have happened. Heading (laughs) two. But I love just the just the crazy escalation where just by the end everything is just completely batshit crazy and wild. Like was that also always the plan to have it just go like it reminded me of the content is different, but just the crazy escalation reminded me of Stephen King's carry at the end, where just like everything goes crazy and wild. Oh thank one, thank you so much. Um I, there's, I had, there's small similarities, but not, it's completely different. But cool, just yeah. wild at the end. Yeah, no, no, no. Is that I love the idea that. at the end to just go crazy, or yeah, the the ending was always supposed to be um, big set piece, um, really throw throw whatever I had left at the wall, um, sort of a thing. Um, again, I think I mentioned earlier, like Todd Keesling's Devil's Creek. Mm-hmm. is I think I read it three years ago and I try not to make this comment like right when I read something, but three years or so, I, it's one of my favorite books of all time. I, I feel confident saying that now um, and just reading it and seeing the way that he did his escalation mm-hmm. of the horror was magnificent to me. So that was part of my drive to write this book was kind of, emulating him emulating that thing that he pulled off in devil's creek with this just bigger and bigger and bigger um um terror occurring um and then when i went back and did the rewrites and when i was letting myself kind of have fun with it again that was a big element of it too was i like endings that you can't predict Mm-hmm. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves in books or movies or whatever else is getting through act one and being like, all right, I know where we're going. I don't know exactly oh, yeah. what line they're going to say at what point. I don't know exactly what emotional triggers they're going to throw in where, but I, I know how this is ending and we're just right. going through the motions now. I don't like writing those things. So um, really, really leaning into the absurdity of it and seeing how big I could make it at the end um, mm-hmm. was always the plan, but I don't think I had in mind how big I could make it or how, how weird I was going to get with it. That, yeah. that caught me a little off guard. Like I said, it is, it is a bit absurd, but like it didn't feel out of place. Like it felt like it was a, the subtle escalation and it felt earned. It didn't feel like, okay, why is, why is this going on now? Like it felt like in line with whatever you heard before that. Like, you know, sometimes you'll get an ending like where this just comes out of left field and doesn't feel like it fits with the rest of the story. But that's not the case with this. Even though it is big and absurd, I, it felt in line with the progression of the story you'd built up. Oh, you just you just relieved one of my biggest fears. <laughs> Thank you so much. Because <laughs> uh, really, like, and you and you likening it to Devil's Creek. Yeah, it's the same sort of the slow buildup and escalation, and the ending just it's wild and crazy, but it fits within the story. Yeah, thank you. That 
it's hard as a writer because you always have these ideas of what you're trying to do with the book, but until you get feedback from other people, like you, you, you don't know if you actually pull it off a lot mm-hmm. of times. And like I've I've used beta readers. I know that's a hot topic right now, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> like I've I've used beta readers, and they told me that the scaling like worked and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. Anytime you hear a comment like that, it's <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I also think it, it helped a lot that it was in this small town too. And that made it like less, like it's still crazy, but like less crazy. Like it was confined to this small, you know, main street little town, which I think small played, town horror works. Small I, town I like, horror. Like, yeah. It yeah. played well as opposed to like it being in a big city or something like that. I like the confined almost isolation of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let's play a game. Let's uh, do quick, it. I, Real quick before we do that, I think do we have a question had a comment. The... I don't want to skip. No. I think oh. you should. Uh, t- he's talking about the cover. I think you should have given the doodle away. It'll be worth a pretty penny in the future when string him up becomes a hit. <laughs> Mail me the doodle. <laughs> he's got it I... framed, hanging in his bedroom. He he threw it away, didn't he? Did you throw it away? I ruined the doodle. Oh, no. <laughs> I to make it better. <laughs> no, I okay. So I'm I'm in my basement right now. Um, this is the welcome to the don't go in the basement bar. Um, it's my little corner of the house where my wife was like yeah put all the horror things in that one spot so i don't have (laughs) to deal with them um but i've got a i've got a bar top over here that i've taken all of my like nightworm stickers and bookmarks and the things that mike clark has been sending me Um, (laughs) he's got a whole section of michael clark's swag yeah no literally Uh, yeah everybody everybody does we have we have Regular swag and then Michael Clark swag. It's got its own section, its own shelf. Well, he's gonna he's gonna show the bar off here. We'll uh, we'll do full screen so we can see. Yeah, that's awesome. With the cream, that that looks like a slappy. That first dummy. Yeah, that looks like slappy totally. He just needs darker hair. That's cool. I like that a lot. Oh, you you're muted. You muted yourself. On your settings. You're at, at the bottom of your settings there for the words. There you are. Hey. But anyhow, I tried pouring epoxy on that and I didn't realize that the little cover doodle was like sitting on it. So now it's 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 dead, oh. dead Jim. <laughs> uh real quick. Uh six to five Braves are up, Bob seventh. Let's let's play this game here. Let's go, guys. So whenever you bring a podcast back in the future, you need to have guests over at the horror bar and do a real-life podcast. That'd be dope. That's Okay, so I live like 30 minutes outside of Atlanta. Open invitation, horror people. It's just like (laughs) send me a message when you're in town, and I will will host, and we will watch some whatever awful horror movie we want to watch. It's going to be great. (laughs) Um, Y'all ready for some baseball trivia? You ready? Baseball trivia, dude. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. It's because I didn't say anything on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. It's like you use a different voice when you do a voiceover. For because you. I'm like, just... Movie just... trivia. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do? Just It's movie trivia. Is that what <laughs> you want me to do next time? <laughs> so what are we doing so here, Brad? Is, you came this up with this one. specifically Atlanta Braves trivia since you're both Braves fans. Jay has. Are, are we like buzzing in, or just like I'm, I'll let him answer if he doesn't know it, and I'll. T- 
take a crack. We'll just do that. We'll do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Jay has professed that he is the the biggest Braves fan of all time. So we'll see how this goes. I know. <laughs> said, I mean, lifetime okay. long, but not biggest. I'm sure it's bigger. Number one. So this is going way back. What city were the Braves founded in? I can give you multiple you choice if you'd like multiple choice. Mm-hmm. It could be a trick question too. I I know, I know it's one of two. I'll give you multiple choice. They were founded in Brooklyn, Baltimore, Boston, or Birmingham. Oh, okay, Boston then. Yeah, yeah, Boston. It was either Boston or Milwaukee. I didn't remember which was. I, I thought it was going to be a, a trick question <laughs> because it went Boston, Milwaukee, but and then Atlanta. So, hey, Chip. For bonus points, do you know what their original name was? Mm-hmm. I don't. The original original name was Boston yeah, Red Stockings. It. Yep. Then Boston it went to the Boston Stockings. Braves, and then they moved to Milwaukee. What is with the Red Sox in Boston? I don't what know. is the? Well, it was Red Stockings. So Red Stockings. Excuse yeah. me, the stockings. Yeah, it was the stockings <laughs> back then. They, they went up higher on your to your knees. <laughs> the Boston like Rednecks. Like, I feel like that has to be like a Revolutionary War thing, like long socks and having them bloody or whatever, like Kurt Schilling. <laughs> oh, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> Right, I'm sorry. Two, I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid the Red Sox love around the Yankees fan. <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate that. Can I, set this, can I set this up where we can watch? Right. How many times did the Atlanta Braves win the National League West Division from '95 to 2005? All of them. All of them. <laughs> yeah, they did all, they're, they're, because they did 14 straight every year, all 11 times. Yeah. Yeah. If you go back, go back to '91. They did 14 straight from. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's all yeah. We all baseball real good. <laughs> you trickster. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the only Braves player to have played for the organization in all three cities it has called home? Say that again. Who is the only Braves player to have played for the organization in all three cities that they have called home? You got this, so Jay. Like Boston, Milwaukee, and then Atlanta. I'll give you multiple choice. So they, so they played when they were in Boston. They also played when they yeah. were in Milwaukee. They also they were on the team for for each city. Yeah. Oh. Was it was it Bob Elliott, Hank Aaron, Warren Spann, or Eddie Matthews? I mean, the, off the top of my head would be Hank Aaron, just because of he's played so long. He's the most home runs, and he's their all time leading uh, hitter. So I would have went with that. Well, you're wrong. Okay. Super. <laughs> William, do you have a give a guess? Bob Elliott, Warren Spann, or Eddie Matthews? Warren Spawn. Yeah. Warren Spahn. Uh, I'm sorry. Go with, <laughs> I'll go with Spawn just because I'm I, I'm most familiar with him, but I don't think I'll go with Spawn, but I'm not confident Spahn. in it at all. It's hard to find somebody that played when they were in Boston all the way to when they were in Atlanta because we're talking like a good span of several yeah. years there. Yeah. It's a it was Eddie Matthews. Okay. He's okay. one of the best third basemen ever. He played for the Braves in their last season in Boston, the entire time in Milwaukee, and their first season in Atlanta. Okay. Cool. So he played from, from 52, which was their last season in Boston, all the way till like 1966. First, so he. First season in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. That's only 14 
years or so. I guess that's fine. It makes it seem like a lot longer. <laughs> I guess that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like like Chipper played nineteen years. There's some under twenty. So if he had gone fifteen years, though, we would have drawn a line. Like, yeah, we would have like no. <laughs> it's too much baseball for one guy. Wait, wait, wait. Ah, crap! It's tied. Uh-oh. Like, like Your we really need, like, like we would need to win. We're already <laughs> in, you know, playoffs. But, but it's, 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 it's no longer yeah. us getting in. It's making sure nobody else gets in. Right. You got to go into the playoffs on a on a good streak. You can't go in losing. Number four, which Atlanta Braves manager holds the all-time record for ejections in Major League Baseball? Bobby. Uh, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Cox. He cracks me up, man. He's so funny. He's got 161 career ejections. <laughs> it it's fun that that just like became a known factor. Like yeah. At, yeah. every single series, like it's not if he's going to get ejected, it's when and how. <laughs> <laughs> what pitch was Phil Nicarino known for? Nuxi. Oh, Nicarino. Nicarino, sorry. Phil Necro. I've you actually got a signed baseball card. Necro? Yeah. <laughs> Phil Necro. Yeah. Knuckleball. Nuxy. Knuckleball. He had a hundred he had three hundred and eighteen career victories. Sixteenth on the all time MLB list, winning list. Nice. My my grandma made drapes for him at one point. So I have a signed <laughs> Phil Necro baseball card upstairs. <laughs> It's fun watching the knuckleball. knuckleball yeah, work. right. Just watching it. It just, yeah, just takes forever to get. The, you're just like, wow, okay. Until I've got a, I've got a three year old that's trying to learn how to play baseball right now, and all he throws are knuckleballs every yeah. single time. <laughs> it's just like my, my man, harder, throw it harder, one time, please. <laughs> At least get the change up speed, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, who was the first player inducted into the Hall of Fame after playing for the Braves? Ooh. In the Braves Hall of Fame or in the actual real Hall of Fame? Uh, I believe it's just the MLB Hall of Fame. But after they played for the Braves. Who was the first player inducted into the Hall of Fame after playing for the Braves? I don't have any guess. Jake? You have a choice? Old Haas, Radborn, Cy Young, Babe Ruth, or Rogers Hornsby? I think it's either uh, Hornsby, Ruth, or Cy Young. No, wait, no. Nah, well, let's go Babe Ruth. This one, this one feels like a trick question. Yeah. It's Babe Ruth. Hmm. So I was, just, I was just going with the Boston connection. So, yeah. Yep. Okay. Is anybody keeping score? No. That's too fancy for this. <laughs> His final season was in 1935 with the Boston Braves. How many rookies did the 2005 Atlanta Braves have on the roster? Oh, God. Was mm. it 15, 18, 12, or 9? Okay, so I got to figure out. All right. I was in college at that time. So now I'm trying to think of who oh, that's, that's Frenchie. That's McCann. That's yeah, Brian McCann. That team, Jeff right. Frank. Okay. Yeah. Kelly Johnson. Okay. Uh, like a whole but, list of where are they now? Yeah, <laughs> right. Jeff, Jeff Rancor. Well, Jeff's so just back. We won't let him go. He's stuck in the booth now. Yeah. Um, 
what was it 15, 18, 12, or nine rookies on the roster? My my thought before you started giving answers was 12. So I'm going to go with that now that I I'll, I hear you I'll, I'll go through. with 12. 12, <laughs> good. 12, it's 18. Jeez. The little babies. Well, I mean, that's one reason why that was the last year they then they lost for a couple of years after that. So mm-hmm. while they were Rebuilding. building up. So baby braves. We'll, we'll, we'll finish. We'll finish with this one. This will be, I think, ten questions. Okay. Who Who is the youngest player to hit a home run in the World Series? Youngest player to hit a home run in the World Series. Okay, Braves trivia. So it's going to be a Braves player. It's going to be a Brave. He was nineteen years old. Oh, that feels like Jason Hayward. I would go with Andrew Jones. Andrew oh, Jones. that's a good one too. Andrew with a U. Yep. Yes. Yeah. He was just inducted into the Braves. He, he had had his number retired this past summer. No Braves. relation to Chipper Jones. That was one of the no. questions. <laughs> Andrew Jones and Chipper Jones are related. It was like we're going to skip that question. <laughs> if you actually know what they look like, you know they're not related. <laughs> he was 19 years, 180 days. Yes. Mini, Mickey Mantle's record of 20 years, uh, 362 days. Love it. So oh, that's he it. Did that on. He did I mean, that we- on. Mickey Mantle's 65th birthday. I, we can keep going. You want some more? I'm good. More did did, did you look? Did you look up more up? I mean, I, you're uh, the yeah, one who did more. research here. I, I didn't want you to be let down. I've got more. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 9-6 Marlins now. What? Who's oh, pitching? Now losing. Did, did all the horror people leave as we were talking about before? Yeah, I think so. How <laughs> did we just clear the room? <laughs> Bryce Elder left four runs. What's up with that? Yeah. We were on Jay's channel the other day doing fantasy football draft, and Chad Lutsky jumped in there. It's like, what are you nerds doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Okay. That's good. We don't do too much sports on here very often. It's nice to switch yeah. out and do some sports. <laughs> yeah. So what did, is, I, did I win? Did you win? Who won? Uh, I'm sure you won. <laughs> I, think, I think Jay won. As much as that hurts me to say that to acknowledge yeah. Jay won something. <laughs> So, you, let's talk you about you are the true chief Nakahoma. <laughs> <laughs> that was retired. What year was that retired? That was um I watched something on him the other day because I was thinking about putting the chant in there, but I don't know if I get copyrighted for it or if it Yeah, no. <laughs> we we can leave that alone. We get canceled, we get canceled for it. <laughs> I was thinking about doing that uh, as part of the, the little video, but I was like, I'm not gonna go there. We'll leave that alone. They're they're trying to cheat on it now a little bit. They they get everybody to turn the phones the the lights on their phones now. So so you're not like really chopping. You're just like waving the light on the phone. It's like I know what you're doing. But they were interviewing (laughs) the guy who played Chief Takahama, and he was like, "Yeah, it's cool. I like it." He was totally down for it. (laughs) I mean, this was recent because he was he was still older. It was probably a couple years ago. Interview, but yeah, he was like, "That was cool." he thinks he thought it was paying respects to the Braves and all that stuff. So he he liked the Braves name and that ritual that they do. Yeah. Anyway, so let's talk about your uh, your podcast that's going on indefinite hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is it a forever thing yeah. or? No, no, no. And I rereading that rereading that X post. God, that sounds bad <laughs> to say. Um, yeah. Uh, rereading that Twitter post, it sounded a lot more doom and gloom than it really is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've, I've got a podcast that I've been doing for, uh, a while now called killer mediums. 
Uh, the basic pitch of the podcast is that I'll bring on a horror creator for a, each episode. We'll pick some sort of a trope within the horror genre that they've created in and that they appreciate. And we'll talk about three or four different works and how they really show off that trope in different ways. And uh, in theory, the the works are all going to be from different mediums of entertainment. So there's the title killer mediums. Um, but it'll be like, what do slasher movies do different than slasher books, different than slasher mm -hmm. short stories or, or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. uh, kind of dealer's choice with the guest. And we'll talk about that. It's been amazing. I've had so much fun with it. Um, when did you start it? Been, uh, early right? 2022, late okay. 2021. I think I'm a little past the year mark. Um, But... But it's been so cool. I've had a lot of cool guests come on. Ronaldo's come on before. Uh, he and Leopoldo Gu talked about multicultural horror with me for, for an episode. Um, I had Paul Tremblay come on and talk about ambiguity in horror and how that worked out in his books versus Knock at the Cabin versus um, Take Shelter, the movie. So we got to talk about all of those kind of in a vacuum together uh mary san giovanni and v castro when they were writing the aliens books came on to talk about the alien franchise so what's different about those movies than those books what's it like kind of creating in those worlds it's been really cool um it's just it's it's beating me up a little bit uh <laughs> To, to always have three movies that I'm supposed to be watching and two books that I'm supposed mm -hmm. to be reading and a short story that I'm supposed to be reading and to just always have this stuff in the back burner of like, there's your list. You got to go read that. It, it is um, harder than what it sounds, right? I mean, yeah. We only have to read one book. We don't have to read all the extra movies. It's even hard just to get a book done because, I mean, there's a reason why we try to only do a couple a month. And it seems like every now and then we're messaging each other. Hey, can we fit this one in? Can we fit this one in? It's like, yeah, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So is yours uh, just audio only? Is it, or is it video? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I am technologically stupid, so it's audio <laughs> only. Um, I, I avoid the whole video aspect of things just because I don't know how to edit it. Um, but yeah. But yeah, like you were saying, Brad, it's it's going on a hiatus for a while just so I can regroup. My TBR stack has been screaming at me for the last year and a half. Like Cynthia Palaio's Children of Children of Chicago. Yeah. I got a like mystery book box from Little Ghost Books back in January. And they sent me a signed copy of Children of C Chicago by her. And I was like, I, yes, th this has been on my list for forever. I've got a signed copy of it now. I'm reading this tonight. And then the <laughs> podcast just like got me to this week. And I'm like, how am I still not getting into, yeah. like, not, not, not reading books that I want to read? Because I, I do want to read the books that I'm right. reading for the podcast and, yeah. and all of the guest books and everything else. Like, they're really good books also. But also there's this whole nother pile that's been calling to me that I'm like, I, I, I want all, you all also. This, all this <laughs> if I turn the light on behind me, you'll see the shelves. The, <laughs> dude, you're not, I mean, the, you're preaching totally. to the choir here. Totally, you're no, totally yeah. preaching to the choir. Because like I, I was just telling Brad I, I, the other day, I was like, gosh, there's so many other books I want to read to get to. But now it's become, I got to read something for whoever's coming up on the show next. Right. Know, I have something to talk about. 
You know, I can't bullshit bad. my like, way through every show. <laughs> and that sounds about to say it like that. Like we have to read it, for right? The show, like, like we're not enjoying it. But like we, I loved all the books we've read for the show. But then there's books that like don't have anything to do with the show that I want to read too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you just got that big book haul. <laughs> Man, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Someone asked me like how big my TBR is. Like I don't even want to know. I like nine years. Don't I, I, I don't. I don't go by book numbers anymore. I go by years and how long yeah, how big my TBR is. So like this pile of books that goes all the way to the wall. It's like 300, 400 books there. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I feel it. Yeah, um, there's, there's not gonna be enough years left in my life to get to what i <laughs> to get to what i gotta get to but i'll keep trying for the show though <laughs> right yeah it is fun because like for the show i feel like there are books i will prioritize for the show that maybe i wouldn't have got to otherwise even though i still want to read them so it does make me want to or does do that for me like there's certain books like i have here that like i probably would have never gotten to maybe even though right. i want to read them if it wasn't for the show so it's like a give and take kind of thing yeah yeah tv um, stress for sure so, <laughs> yeah I don't so, even stress because if you stress about it then it's just it's ruined so i don't stress about it but just like i just know i'm not going to get to everything and i just i, I've I, I do that. the thing where i start reading it but my mind is only on how big of the pile is so <laughs> i'm not really taking in what i'm reading then and then i used to jump i used to do like nine ten books at a time and i would lose myself at each one you know but i'll start reading a book and then like my mind's wandering everywhere and things are going on in the background and all i could think about is well shoot i need to do five other books for five shows before this one and i'm stuck and, and, and then it becomes some, some weird math and i, I quit so <laughs> the math came in and jay's dead yeah. <laughs> i'm like I'm so what, what made you want to start a podcast was it just was it something you always wanted to do? Did you have you had a podcast before? Or? He watched us once and no, he didn't. Said I said I could do that. He watched us. He's like, that's what I'm <laughs> no. exactly not. That's not the right thing to do. I'm going to do something completely different. <laughs> yes, but no. <laughs> um, um, no the the motivation was I guested on a couple of podcasts, um, kind of, but. In, in the before times, I don't know how to call it. Uh, <laughs> I guessed it on a couple of podcasts and realized I just really enjoyed getting a chance to talk to like-minded people. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's not that horror people aren't around in our everyday lives, but um, having an excuse to sit down for an hour and just be a nerd with somebody was just so enjoyable. The couple times I did it on somebody else's podcast, I wanted to give myself an excuse to do it more regularly because it's it for all the authors out there. Like we we know how hard it is to get on a podcast and to find the time to do it, and everybody's so busy. Um, so if if you're if you're relying on other people to get on their podcast it's kind of hit or miss like when you can actually talk to a friend and yeah uh i wanted to i wanted to give myself an intentional excuse at least once a month was the first idea um <laughs> to to sit down with somebody that i enjoyed that i admired that i that i could really just like, be myself around um and and connect like minds for a little bit uh, there, there's that there's that stupid meme where the the person gets home and they take off their human skin and they're just a demon <laughs> and it, it feels like starting the podcast was kind of my way to do that um semi-regularly 
Yeah. But that's got to be hard, though, because it's like you're having a different theme each time. So you have, you know, we're just two dopes for microphones. We just need <laughs> we just need to read a little something of whoever we're talking about and we can fill it hour and a half. You're, you're coming up with like a different theme, doing research, and you're basically writing a, a 9,000 word essay on the side <laughs> for it. So you can compare these two mediums and it's just like. Yeah, I, I can see some uh, burnout there, and you're doing it by yourself. Yeah, i i never I never landed a co-host because I think that <laughs> that uh, right. that pitch of uh, yeah, read three things and watch two things by this Friday night like that that didn't that didn't sell. By the way, there, there might be there might be an opening of paper cuts. Just you know, we, we have we the other guy doesn't the other guy over there doesn't realize there might be an opening I'll, there. I'll just hand Jay the keys to the castle over here. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't shut the show down by, by now. I have a I'm history. Not, of I'm that. not gonna let you. That's you're stuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> you yeah. signed your soul away on the contract, Jay. So I mean, did you have like a list that you did that you were gonna do each so it wouldn't just be hmm, okay, this month let's compare slashers or, or did, did you like have something okay like a will <laughs> or so you know like <laughs> some, uh, darts did you how'd you pick what the subject was going to be for each for each episode um so the the way i got away with it and and the the answer to this question are kind of one and the same of like i i kind of didn't um i I, I had a little bit of like 50 50 of people I reached out to, to try to do an episode with and people that reached out to me to try to do an episode with me. And like every time it, I kind of put the, uh, put, put the decision making on them. So mm -hmm. like, you've got this thing coming out. What sort of a trope do you think it fits into what other things would kind of comp with it? So uh, one of the more recent episodes I did was with Kat Valor talking about revenge arcs and horror. And she had a book come out called revenge arc. And it was just like this perfect marriage. Um, but, but she had that book coming out. So that was going to be topic number one. And then the theme kind of set itself up with revenge arcs. And then it was just talking to her about like, what other revenge arcs like, did you like lean right. on for inspiration here or which other revenge arcs do you want? She came up with martyrs, um, <laughs> and she came up with revenge uh, from 2018 or whenever that came out. Um, but she she came up with these just batshit movies that I never would have like stumbled across myself. And I don't want to say I'm better for having watched them, especially not with martyrs. But I like I have martyrs. witnessed, nice. I, I have witnessed something now, thanks to her in that episode. But that's that was a lot of the fun of the podcast was getting exposed to things that I would have been blind to, and then in the episode itself, just me getting the hell out of the guest's way and being like, "You're the yeah. expert here. You you are the one that studied this stuff enough to like write a book about it. You talk about it." And every single time they did, they were off to the races as soon as I opened the floodgates for them. And I didn't have to be smart because the guests were so <laughs> awesome about it. Yeah. We love it when the guests talk the whole yeah. time. So, we don't <laughs> so have to you, say anything. That's you like were able best. to take something that's current, their new thing, mm -hmm. still able to get the word out about that and then you kind of went backwards how it's the same of or different yeah. or compares to other things but it was a, a pretty creative way to uh get a little 
the word out about their current piece of work yeah. out there for people. So yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty creative. That's pretty cool. Yeah, thanks. Um, I feel like that probably draw more viewers in too, because you're talking about books and movies. So you can get the movie fans <clears throat> and the book fans and get those together. Yeah. And that was, um, Neil McRobert from Talking Scared came on to talk about uh, gothic horror, and we we mentioned Crimson Peak in it, and he was funny about it afterwards because he kept he kept tagging Guillermo del Toro and stuff, and like grinding <laughs> him to fight. It was like, man, if you can pull this off, then then it's gonna be it's it's I, gonna be something. <laughs> he might have that power now because he said Stephen King on, so he might have that pull, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Neil, still like, blown away and, by that interview. And, go back and retag Gilmero now. <laughs> You've had Stephen King on. Yeah. Out for me. Yeah. So for you as a as a writer, since you're talking to other authors on your show, have you have you learned anything or has your writing grown or changed since you've had this opportunity to interact and chat with all these other authors in this more kind of intimate, you know, podcast setting? Oh, two hundred percent. Yeah. Um I for as isolated of an activity as like writing and scripting and creating and stuff like that is like, you have to lean on the community because there are so many books that you haven't read and movies that you haven't seen. Like no matter how much time you sit here digging through your TBR stack, like there's going to be stuff that you just haven't accessed before um, mm -hmm. that other people have. So putting heads together, leaning on other people's wealth of knowledge um, learning from each other. I think that the community aspect of this, especially in something as rich as the horror community, like we are not all good people, but there are so <laughs> many good people in this community. Um, if you, if you're not using your resources and, and interacting with the people around you, then you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Every episode I've walked away with some other little nugget of like, man, I could really work that into a story or man, they were really passionate about this, this aspect of what they were doing. And I need to bring a, a little bit of that just like energy into this thing that I'm working on or what have you. Right. Uh -huh. Do you well. have a, for people who haven't listened to killer mediums, what are a few episodes you'd pitch out? Like this is like quintessential episode you should listen to i'm sure they're not yeah not to say that they're not all good but like a few of those milestone ones like go listen to this one and check this one out stuff like that yeah um so the two with the most listens right now and this is fun i i, I don't think i've really revealed this yet but they keep going back and forth like one will get <laughs> one more listen than the other one then the other one will bounce back paul tremblay's ambiguous horror got tons of views straight out of the gate because i think it I think it was one of the first interviews where I talked to him and he was like talking a little bit about knock at the cabin. I know there was this uh -huh. big embargo on him not saying too much about that beforehand, but, but I, I got a little bit out of him about it. Nice. Um, so I think that was a big draw. And then Todd Kiesling's episode about small town horror. Um, the dude, the dude brings in viewers or brings in listeners and the two of them just keep going back and forth. Um, but other episodes that aren't getting as many views, but I think they're just so cool. Um, Trevor Williamson from Slayhouse Lit Bits came on to talk about uh, children's horror. So we went through scary stories to tell in the dark. We went through goosebumps. We, we kind of tracked them all the way up to the modern day. Just the 
the well of knowledge he has about EC Comics and R.L. Stein and all of the rest of that, it was amazing to just sit back and listen to him. And he got into like the psychology of why it's important for kids to like grapple with their fears in a safe environment and just like went, he went off on that whole interview and it was amazing. Nice. Um, and then I got to interview Dr. Matthias Clausen, who is from the Recreational Fear Labs uh, in Aarhus University in Denmark. Denmark? Sounds right. Um, basically, what that whole um, lab is about is studying why people enjoy being scared. So they are they are researchers going into haunted houses and trying to pull statistical data about what scares people and what scares are like enjoyable scares versus trauma inducing scares, <laughs> um, uh, tracking horror movies, tracking horror books, seeing how all of this weaves together. And they're, they're putting together some really cool work about the importance of recreational fear. Um, and just getting to pick his brain. I had my wife guest on that episode because she's a counselor. So we had the psychologist and we had the counselor just talking nerd talk to each other the whole time. <laughs> Me just sitting there like, yes, you two are very smart. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it frustrating sometimes though? Like those that you really get into, that you have great conversations with, but it's almost like people are not giving them a chance. Like those yeah. episodes, you know, because we, we have them too. There've been some shows where we're like, afterwards we're exhausted we're like that was a good show and we look and it's like low views we're like what the hell you know this was a good conversation that kills me yeah, yeah. the it, second episode was sam richard comes to mind because that was like a two-hour conversation it was fantastic and it has not the views i would have liked for it yeah yeah it's hard I, to I, promote him because you don't know one day is twitter the next day is x you're like well what the hell you know <laughs> how are we right. promoting this so recreational um, fear lab sounds like an awesome title for a book it does yes yeah yeah they i mean go go look at their website like everything to do with them is just it it just oozes cool um which is weird to say about a research lab <laughs> um, labs not a good thing <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go full Resident Evil here in a second. No. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard when all the advertising or all the marketing for a certain episode that people are going to engage with is just the title card. And if like the title card or the guest's name doesn't draw somebody in, they, they don't know how right. they don't know the quality of the episode until they're in it. And a lot of people like you need that initial uh, mm -hmm. to draw them in. So, yeah, it. I don't know. I've kind of gone back and forth on it. It's a little bit frustrating that I can't, that I can't direct more people towards those episodes that are, that are yes. Um, but at the same time, it's cool that there is such a breadth of episodes out, not just with my podcast, but with all the other podcasts, like the, the library of information and interviews that all of us podcasters are amassing right now collectively mm -hmm. it's like it doesn't matter if somebody doesn't find the recreational fear labs episode until four years from now right um, the episode because it, it's cool. out there people can yeah, yeah. so uh, I, i'm trying not to put too much stock into who's listened 
to what because it's it's not the number of clicks so much it's the quality of the product Uh, Mm -hmm. calling it a product sounds gross but whatever (laughs) (laughs) so can you can you tease what you, you have what three episodes left is it three or four yeah um i've got four episodes left and then i'm gonna take a break for however long i need to um Mm -hmm. i keep trying to take like timed breaks like i'm not gonna do another episode until november and now i've got four more lined up (laughs) damn it um but uh one episode is gonna be with robert atone and a couple of other guests talking about assembling horror collections um, it's going to be three guys that have horror collections coming out and we're going to talk about like the difference between a themed anthology versus just a random collection and what might inspire them to do this versus that. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be really fun because knowing Robert, we're going to get completely sidetracked and we're just going to have fun yes. instead of actually yeah. talking about the thing. We, we, we did that firsthand. I mean, he, he's, he's a talker. He's one of the ones we like when we they could talk and we don't have to do a whole lot. But some of the roads we go down. <laughs> I think his his first episode when he was on, it's like two hours and twenty minutes long. Yeah, and it could have gone on longer, but it's, it was like we had it started to out one way. We were so, so focused, and by the end of it, I don't know what we were talking about. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we've got his episode. I've got Jeff Carter from the We Bleed Orange and Black podcast coming on for a Halloween episode. Um, we're intentionally going to try to find some not not typically thought about Halloween things to, mm-hmm. to talk about. Um, so that's going to be, uh, what is that book? Or what is that movie called? Hack and Slash or... Ah, crap, I can't come up with the title now, so this is just going to sound stupid. Uh, but there's some movie from the 80s that he really likes that he thinks embodies the theme of Halloween. There's a choose-your-own-adventure Halloween book that he's found that I'm on my third playthrough of, and it's really cool. <laughs> um, but we're going to do a bunch of Halloween stuff and not just like trick-or-treat and Michael Myers and the usual, the usual stuff. Uh, I've got an episode coming out in November with Preston Fassel. Um, okay. his book sounds has... awesome. The Beast of Forty Two Street, or whatever it's called. Oh, okay. So we did that episode already. Um, okay. we we did an urban horror episode about that. He's gonna come back on though because he has a nonfiction book coming out about horror therapy. Um, how we like find solace in these stories and how we use um, how we use horror as a medium, uh, for overcoming adversity in our own lives, finding, finding, um, I don't know, safety, safety in the murders. Um, (laughs) but he, he goes through a lot of the big franchises and talks about how they relate to things that were going on in the real world. And it just sounds really cool. Um, and my, my wife, the counselor is going to come on for that episode again, and we're going to get super nerdy into the psychology of all of it. (laughs) Um, and then there's one more episode that I'm not allowed to talk about yet because the thing that it's based on hasn't been officially announced yet, even though it sort of has. I don't know. Um, but there's one more that's in the can that I just get to release whenever they whenever they green light the project. <laughs> nice. I love the podcast secrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's uh, the, how much trouble am I going to get in with you if I say this? Yeah. <laughs> Russell's got a question. Do you follow? We do not follow an outline whatsoever. <laughs> I don't know. William, do you all follow an outline for the show or do you follow one? Um, 
very loosely. Again, I just kind of chase the guest wherever they go. Um, but as I watch the sh- the the movies and read the books, what I'll send to the guests in advance is okay. Here are the three topics you picked. Here here's a connecting thread or two that I kind of see between them. And then here's one or two thoughts that I have about each of the topics. And we can get into that if you want to, or we can go somewhere else. But I think it gives the guests a sense of ease, kind of knowing where my head is before I hit record, Um, Mm -hmm. especially when we're doing like these deep dives into like, what makes a slasher tick? Like, I don't know where he's going to go with this. (laughs) So just giving them a couple of little bullets, uh, I, I think helps the episodes have a little bit of structure and it gives me something to fall back on when I go completely like brain turn off. Like, uh, or we do uh, that bullet. Okay. We can go back to this. <laughs> we should probably have an outline, but it's not like we're going to keep we go all over the we, place. We have, we, have a little, we have a little bit of a structure. Like we, we have a guest. Yeah. yeah. We, <laughs> we, uh, we try to read something. I mean, we do a little bit. We do a little research ahead of time, so we know what. uh, I'm not saying we don't do research, right? There's no structure. We we have we have the intro, and then I usually do the the you know start off the show. Hit in stream, and we're done. Way wave. Yeah, you know, and if we if we have a reading or a game, we'll fit those in at certain times so i mean it's a the, very small the loosest the loosest structure you could possibly have without yeah. just completely falling apart the, the <laughs> smallest outline possible so hey, <laughs> we, we, we don't do follow read, it half the time so. we do read the books so <laughs> we read the books so at least we know what we're talking about yeah we don't have like a um see how much trouble i'll get so we're not, don't, don't, we don't, don't we don't, don't have a set of you know like a band like we need to go see a band yeah. and they're playing mm-hmm. the same set list every night uh-huh. yeah we don't have a set of questions mm-hmm. that we will use for every episode if i but dig like, myself deeper our set the, question is uh what do you normally do on yeah is, is our is, set question. are you drinking yeah <laughs> cheers so that's that. But, so but you're just no, taking you're taking a break. You're going to you're going to recharge yeah. your batteries, basically, and then you know. And it's, gotcha. it's, it's not a it's not an end of the podcast. It's a, all right. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it'll probably be a lot shorter than you are expecting or, or wanting it to be, probably too. <laughs> and I already hate myself for that. <laughs> we usually take off, uh, you know, Thanksgiving time, and then most of December we take off, and then. I think both of us uh, start getting a little itchy for a new show during that time. We need it off to kind of recharge and revamp things, you know, and uh, do whatever. But yeah, I, it, the longer you're off, you're like, okay. But then when you start up again, you're like, oh my God, I'm exhausted already. <laughs> it's different because we're live. So it's not like we can pre record and then, you know, batch record and release them piecemeal. Like the, the scheduled day is when we have to do it. So it's, it's a bit yeah. different for us compared to, recording it and putting it out whenever i could imagine like doing several shows a week and having them in the bank and doing them you know it's just nuts william's house is haunted <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I don't that's, know, that's just probably, that's probably your cue to get out of here so <laughs> yeah. we, we can uh you know start working on wrapping this up and uh where, where can people uh find you uh you're on the x you're on the x i'm on the x uh at spooky (laughs) underscore sterling 
Um, I am on Instagram at spooky underscore Sterling. Those are the two constants. Um, I tried threads for a second. I keep getting alerts on that thing. uh, I've not opened it once. I forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's too many now. Forget about them. Blue sky is cloudy now, and it's just yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a good bad joke right there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know. I guess I'll stop there. Like other <laughs> social for me exist, um, but I don't necessarily want to direct people to them because I don't know how long they're going to last, and uh, I don't yeah. know. Can you give out your phone number? I'll come jump. <laughs> yeah, it's Yeah. What's your address so people can look inside your window at night at the dolls? Somewhere near Atlanta. That's all you, you hyenas <laughs> get. <laughs> For so, now. William, it's, it's, it's been fun. What, what do you have, Brad? I would say to close this out, what's your, what's your elevator pitch for string them up for anyone who's not already interested with killer dolls and Maybe potentially killer peacocks. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the whole sales pitch. It's just murder puppets. Murder puppets. Um, yeah. We're we're bringing murder puppets back. Rachel Harrison started the ball rolling. Grady Hendricks kept it rolling. We're just we're, we're it's an avalanche now. Take your murder puppets. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's it's a whole lot of fun, especially the the peacocks. Just they crack me up <laughs> in the best of ways. This is uh from Crystal Lake. What what what's the uh, release date? The 22nd? Uh, right? Yes, September 22nd. So we got a week left. September 22nd. This is, uh, you'll be at Finest wherever, you know, Amazon. I usually see Crystal Lake stuff. Crystal, are Crystal Lake going directly to from the website? Or yep. do they? Okay. Yep. And Talk pre-orders you can be entered into the win to the creepy doll. What's her name? Sally? Yeah. Yeah. Pre-order the books uh, so you can win oh. Sally potentially. Yeah. Bring that hey. home with you. That's that's a good incentive to pre-order the book. That one, that one the kids take that for show and tell. Look at her. Yeah, no. Look at look at her face. It's gross. Yeah. That needs so to be much. your new your new profile picture. <laughs> just, just just that right up in the camera. <laughs> Maybe until the book releases, and then I like <laughs> scrub her from my life forever. Forever. Be gone. <laughs> this is William Sterling, everyone. And the book is uh string them up September 22nd. That's when you want to pick it up do some pre-orders now and, and grab it but uh yeah chris lake publishing releasing uh puppet series <laughs> forget goosebumps <laughs> are, you, yep. are you trying to get him to write a book too jay is that what you're trying to do that, that's, that, that's what i was trying to do like i have a whole series yeah. of it so <laughs> there you have it uh, that's gonna wrap things up william thanks so much for hanging out with us we appreciate it yeah, uh, best of luck selling this book and getting it out there into the world Hopefully you're not taking too long time away from your uh, killer medium. So, you know, yeah, it's a good show. Definitely don't stay away too long. Be like the Taco Thank Bell you. fries. Take them away for take it away for a while, so people but want it. And come back <laughs> when you come back. People will go crazy about it. So, yeah, the McRib. It's yeah. the McRib. It's, it. it's it's much better than a McRib. Don't, don't compare yourself to a McRib. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna do it, everyone. Everyone in the chat, thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Glad you got Thank to see you. us. And William, uh, appreciate you hanging out, man. Go Braves. Yeah. Go Braves. They lost the night, but we, we won't speak about that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you run his night, Jay. You run. It'll be all right. It'll be like, all right. like he, he's probably hearing people shooting guns right now <laughs> in Georgia because they lost. So. <laughs> no, they shoot the guns when we lose. They shoot the guns when we win. Yeah, God, when Georgia won the national championship for the first time, you don't need to talk about that. Why would you ruin a show like that? <laughs> <laughs> you wait, wait to go out on a on a 
downward slide there, dude. Okay. I'm done with Love you. you Jay. We're done. <laughs> Love you, Jay. I know you do.